Welcome back to Season in Waiting. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Last week, our players had final exams, so I didn't want to bother them while they studied and finished their classwork. But I was glad to spend the time with my friend and coworker Trey Montgomery. We are so lucky to work on a staff where all five of us get along really well, and our wives and kids all get along too. We have an awesome family atmosphere among our coaching staff, so working at Penn is just incredible. Trey and I share an office, plus we are roommates on the road, so we're long overdue for catching up. In this episode, we talk with Trey to see what he's been up to, his coaching influences, and why his dry cleaning bill is so low. All right, the boys are on exams this week, so I figured we would go with the coach's route and have you on the pod, man. So thanks for hopping on. Great to hear your voice. Uh, I feel like I haven't seen. I feel like I haven't seen you since March. <laughs> I know, man. I know we we haven't seen each other in forever, man. It's been well. Hold on, a that's that's a lie. We had a socially distant staff meeting uh, outside. Outside, outside masked everything yeah but we only did that once or twice did we do it twice or just once no just once man we only did that once yeah we only did um, that once it was like a thursday and we did it in front of palestra <laughs> which is yeah what kind of cool actually it was kind of cool to be outside and see things moving while that we was were great having, yeah it was good yeah uh, it was great to see some people from work again it was it was awesome yeah so. no doubt man Oh, that's good, man. So how have you been staying busy during the COVID quarantine? Honestly, uh, just uh, watching a lot of basketball. I think I've gone over um, – I've, I've started the season over from last year, so watching uh, games from the beginning. And uh, I've been doing a lot of Zooms, just connecting, networking, and then obviously uh, handling our responsibilities. But more importantly than that, just spending time with my family, my wife, uh, joking around with my kids. My my oldest started kindergarten, so I'm a kindergarten teacher right now, pseudo kindergarten teacher. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's uh it's been fun. Wearing a lot of hats. That's great, man. Yep. yep. So, um, it's cool. You mentioned uh, a bunch of zooms. I know a lot of other college coaches. You know, myself included. Um, I know a lot of guys have been doing some zooms, some like coaches clinics. Um, our national association of basketball coaches, they put on a few clinics over the course of these last six, seven, eight, nine months. Um, so a lot of X's and O's and I don't know about you, but it's been, it's been an interesting way to kind of learn some new stuff and watch some new teams and watch some new video, some old video of ourselves. Um, you know, I feel like it's been a good chance for all of us to kind of step back and learn some new stuff. Um, can you talk about some of the things that you've, some of the Zooms you've been on, some of the things you learned? Yeah. Some of the people you've been on clinics with? Yeah. So I think it started for me maybe, um, maybe around like late April when I started really getting into the Zooms. Uh, my boy Ryan Price from Southern, uh, another friend of mine, Alvin Brooks from Baylor, invited me on some, some Zooms that they were doing. And then from there, it kind of branched out. Um, and it was just a good opportunity for me to just kind of, first and foremost, just listen to to, to basketball related things, um, stuff that I might not have been privy to, uh, you know, prior to that. And just hearing what other people do in their programs, uh, people's journeys into college basketball, 
um, you know, just uh, how they're balancing life, whether it be with their family or traveling or whatever the case may be, and just figuring out, you know, how they navigate themselves through this business and through college basketball. And so it's been really good for me. But more importantly, I think the Zooms have been a great thing for me because of the fact that I've been able to connect with a lot of guys. And it was perfect for me to kind of build some some relationships that I probably honestly wouldn't have been able to build, uh, at least not as quickly um, during normal, more conventional times. So it's been good all around, just learning plays and and all types of different things and just trying to figure out how to be a better coach and ultimately be able to convey that to, to hopefully our, our program as well. Over the course of your basketball career, who's a coach that has had a lasting impact on you? Is there anybody that you kind of think of, you know, regularly, whether it was a, you know, whether it was coach to at Sanford and we'll, we'll get to that, but whether it was coach to or a high school coach or, or anything else or different sport maybe? Yeah. So uh, honestly, coach to and uh, coach Paul Kelly, coach, uh, Ronald Lee Burgess, who's at Brevard College, and uh, Coach Derek Jones, uh, as well as Thomas Johnson. Um, those were all of the, the – that was the head coach and all of the assistants that I had at Sanford. I'm actually pretty close with all of those guys um, and uh-huh. for different reasons. But Coach Talit has been very instrumental to the point where, like, when I make decisions, especially when it comes to college coaching, like, I always try to call him and, you know, just – you know, get a little bit of advice and how he would move and maybe figure out what's the best decision for me. So he's been very instrumental in that. He's also a very cerebral guy. So like he always looks at it from a different perspective than most people. So it's always good to get that, you know, outside the box type of uh, uh, method of thinking. Uh, coach Mike Davis from uh, Detroit Mercy. Uh, he's the head coach there. And uh, he was a head coach at Indiana after Bob Knight and, uh, you know, he was a head coach at UAB at Texas Southern, um, and he's a very successful coach. Um, and honestly, I met him when he was coaching at UAB, and uh, I was at Sanford. And he gave me his card one day and said, if you ever need anything, man, you know, don't be afraid to give me a holler. And to be honest, he's always been very thorough with that. And so whenever I call him, he always answers. He always dedicates like an hour and a half to talk to me, which I, I feel so privileged and I'm just like so honored to to be able to talk to him because this guy has a great like he took a he took Indiana to a national championship game and so like you know he's like very 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 experienced in this you know in this in this business and you know uh coach for coach Wimp at at, uh from Alabama and um you know he's he's been around and so for him to be so well versed and spend time with me and just kind of give me some tidbits on you know life and things and he's given me plenty of books to read which I probably read about five books that he's he's given me over this pandemic like he's been he's literally been so great and I'm just truly honored with uh having him in in that coach's circle that's around me that's awesome yeah for sure in this in this profession um you got to have your circle you know you got to have your guys that um you know you you trust you can bounce ideas off of them you can you can ask your opinion. You can ask their opinions on whether it's recruits or uh, you know situations or or whatever the play, whatever the X's and O's, whatever the case may be. Um, it's important to have that circle. So it sounds like you have an awesome circle. Why don't you tell us how your career started and and uh, walk us through it? Yeah, it started. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go too far back, but it really started. <laughs> It really started after. It began with a rolled up <laughs> pair of socks in my bedroom. 
it uh it actually honestly it started around sixth grade. We had just won a national championship in 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 in, in, in bitty basketball, <laughs> and uh, I decided not to play basketball my seventh or eighth grade years um, because I was very involved in soccer. I wanted to be much like Lucas Monroe. Uh, I wanted to play soccer, but my reasons were different. It was because of the fact that all of my friends had a sweatshirt uh, that had their names on it, and 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 I wanted that sweatshirt, and so uh, and I was the only one who didn't. So I was like, man, I gotta have that sweatshirt. So I literally quit basketball to play soccer. <laughs> Coach Tillett was from New Orleans. Coach Paul Kelly was from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Coach Derek Jones was from right outside of Baton Rouge. So it's like I got Louisiana guys with me. So I was like, I'm I'm yeah. I'm ready to the go. Boot. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I ended up going to Sanford, and uh, we ran a, a, a very methodical offense. We um, it was a lot of cutting, and, it, and it, it, I think it helped me get to this point to where I had a good understanding of how things work, uh, spacing, mm-hmm. uh, angles, um, how to cut, how to you know uh, uh, maximize uh, your 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 opportunities with the ball, how to minimize your dribbles. Uh, things of that nature. And so uh, a really high IQ, high level of offense. So I played in Germany for about uh, uh, roughly two seasons. Um, I was in Greece for maybe like a week and a half. I hated it. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I hated it. Um, Yeah. So but but honestly came back and got involved in with the 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 D League at the time, which is now the G League and got invited to a a training camp. And uh, I ended up hurting my ankle and uh, I, I'll be real with you. Like, I don't think I was going to make the roster anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it was a good opportunity. And then I played some ABA to kind of stay in shape. And then at that point, I realized like, hey, man, these young guys are getting much better than I am. Like, it's it's time for me to it's time for me to join a YMCA league and uh, get into another line of business. So it was it was fun. It was fun. So. In prep for our conversation, I looked up some famous alumni from Sanford University. Um, Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher. Oh, yeah. Both alumni, Sanford University. Yeah. So, cool cool story Um, about those guys is every Sunday, I don't want to to say every Sunday, but a lot of Sundays, uh, they would always go back to Sanford and eat brunch with their families. Um, so they, cause like Sanford is a very big Baptist Christian school and, uh, mm-hmm. they would always come back and bring their family and they would go to, go to church and they would come and eat in the cafeteria. Uh, so you would see Bobby Bowden there, you know, maybe like once, once a month, like Jimbo Fisher, literally like once a month. Uh, and so it was cool. Cause you are my favorite Sanford alum, but a close second, maybe like one, a one B. Uh, Tony Hale. Tony Hale, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about him, but he's a. Uh, but 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 definitely he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Hale. Tony Hale is the actor who played Gary Walsh in Veep. Yeah. Uh, and then he was also in Arrested Development. Um, yeah. But I actually, it's funny. One of the one of my quarantine shows was Veep, and I think it is hilarious. And Gary is one of the reasons. Um, Tony Hale. So, Tony, if you're listening, you're hilarious. Yeah. Finish this sentence. The next time I'm back on the court, I will. Uh, I'll, shoot, I will cherish it. <laughs> um, you know, um, honestly, man, I haven't stepped on a basketball court in so long. Um, 
Like it's like, I, I haven't even, you know, they, they were, I remember my kids, they were getting, not my, my, my oldest son, he just started kindergarten and I was supposed to go and get his, his laptop and all of that stuff for him to work remotely. And mm-hmm. uh, they were like, man, we're having, we're, we're, we're giving out all the equipment in the high school gym. So I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to be in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be in a basketball gym. And- uh, I've been asking the guys what their favorite drill at practice is. Um, and I think I'm going to ask you the same question, but obviously it'll be from a different perspective. So what's your favorite drill at practice? Honestly, it's, I, I think my favorite drill is check and break. And the reason why I say check and break is because I get to miss jump shots on purpose. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but honestly, um, I love the. Hold on. Wait a second. Quick timeout. For those who don't know, you'd be shocked how hard it yeah. is to miss a jump shot on purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one of the hardest things. That's, to be honest, that's one of the trickiest. It's not the hardest thing. It's not the most difficult thing, but it is one of the trickiest things to do uh, in college basketball coaching because anybody can just throw a rocket at the backboard and it bounces off whatever or completely totally airball. But to miss a shot on purpose yeah. in a realistic way so that it comes off like a real missed yeah. shot, um, that's pretty hard. That's a lot harder to do than you Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And like I, I – I watched a game the other day on, on, on TV where you could tell the coach was like, missed the free throw and the kid, the kid made it. <laughs> and he was like a 38% three uh, free throw shooter. <laughs> so the one time you tell him to miss it, um, he makes yeah. it like, it, it, it really is difficult. And so you have to try to pinpoint like where you're going to hit it and how you're going to hit it. And uh, it's, it's, it, it's really crazy, but uh, yeah. I, I just like the competition. I, I think that's, Honestly, mm-hmm. I, could, I could probably say that about all of us coaches is that we enjoy that level of competition when it comes to practice. Um, and I think check and break is one of those drills where we could, we get to see everything from rebounding to running offense to this to that. Um, mm-hmm. You get to see a little bit of everything. Transition defense, communication, all that stuff. So I think one of the things that I've been able to do is kind of literally listen and be able to find my niche in, in where I could talk to guys and like bring them on the side while things are going on and really kind of give them a little bit of a message and kind of convey to them in certain ways. But honestly, it's just been, uh, I, I've been learning myself as much as I possibly can, even while we're teaching things to other guys, because you're, you're still figuring out what, what, you know, what's best for these guys and what scenarios they're best at. And so I think honestly, it's just, you know, my ability to, to try to keep learning and to stay hungry. All right. Let's talk game day. Yeah. Do you have, do you have any game day superstitions? Oh man. <laughs> so, um, one thing that I've always done is that if we win, I'm wearing the same suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing the same suit, Uh different shirt, different tie, but the same suit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I've always said that um, I try to keep the same routine as much as possible. I try not to change too much. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be trying to do too much here and there. But um, there's not anything outside of the same suit uh, that I particularly do um, that's, like, the same exact thing every single time. 
Um, but you know, if we win, if if we go on a a a, a, a a stretch where we win 10 games, please believe you're seeing that same suit. <laughs> yeah, no dry cleaning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're seeing the same suit every time. Uh, I'll tell you this too. My wife, her favorite thing is before I leave on game days, she always says, remind the guys about the cookies. So every time, you know, the guys play well and they win, She's like, oh, yeah, I got to bake some cookies for all the guys and stuff. So, um, Speaking of coaches' wives, um, my wife wanted me to ask you if you had any advice for coaches' wives. Uh, per- person? What would you tell a coach's wife? What, what advice would you give to a coach's uh, be wife? Be patient with us. Um, you know, um, <laughs> you know we, we, we are a different breed, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I, I, I've always said this, you know, I, I try to do the best I can to create balance um, and uh, to keep work at work and home at home. But we all know with basketball, it comes home with us a lot. Your wife is definitely not only a basketball fan, but she, she loves what you do. I honestly think that my wife loves what I do. She, she was the reason for me to come up here to PA in the first place. Uh, you know, she was my biggest fan. And so, um Honestly, man, it's uh, the biggest thing is always just patience. Philly's college basketball coaches want to recruit you to help the American Cancer Society take cancer out of the game for good. To learn more about how you can get involved with Coaches vs. Cancer, visit phillycvc.org. Facing cancer is hard. Having to travel out of town for treatment can make it even harder. The American Cancer Society Hope Lodge provides a free home away from home for cancer patients and their caregivers. Through our involvement with Coaches vs. Cancer, Penn Basketball visits the Philadelphia Hope Lodge each year to serve dinner to the guests staying there. To learn more about the Hope Lodges across the country, please visit www.cancer.org Hope Lodge. Tell us how your coaching career got started. Uh, I got started. Uh, I was fortunate enough to where when I played one season, like my, my last couple of seasons to where um, I was still able to coach the high school, uh, coaching high school at the time. And so I had nothing to do. And so I went back to my, my old high school and I talked to my old coach and he was like, I would love for you to come on and help us out because we only have one other coach. And so uh, literally started off as the freshman coach in high school. Um, and uh, it was it was fun. It was a good experience. And honestly, um, it was it was really cool because of the fact that I got to literally be in charge of something. Um, I was washing jerseys. I was scheduling the bus rides and, you know, uh, you know, communicating about different tournaments that we were going to play in and stuff and, you know, making sure kids were doing the right thing in, in class. I knew a lot of the teachers. So just uh, really being a part of something, but really kind of learning the ropes through, you know, trial by fire and um, had a lot of fun. And then as time went on and the more time I spent, you know, got a lot of trust from the head coach, uh, Coach Coach Berg, and I became his right-hand man and literally was – coaching the varsity and, you know, you know, as an assistant, obviously, and um, just really doing my thing. And then next thing you know, honestly, uh, 
Oh, I skipped a step. Actually, I, I, my, my very first, my very, very first college, I mean, not college, very first coaching job was I was in charge of the 14-year-old AAU program, Louisiana Legends. And I got that job because the coach, he got sick and he needed somebody to fill in for him for the weekend. And my cousin played on the team. So I was just going to see my cousin play because he wasn't very good. And I just wanted to support him. And he was like, hey, man, since you're going, you're going to coach. I was like, what, me? So he gave me a, a, a collared shirt and said, here, you're the coach. I was like, oh. <laughs> so it was almost like the bad news bears a little bit. And uh, um, so that that's kind of how it started. But then worked my way through high school. And then uh, I actually took a year off to spend time. I, I had Trayson, my first son. And. I dedicated that entire whole first year to him. So I was like, I'm not going to coach. Yeah. Uh, and I was sitting on the couch one day and my college buddy, Gabby Bermudez, called me and was like, yo, uh, you know, I know a guy in, 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 in the Philly area who needs assistant coaches. I know you're the only one that's still around basketball. So talk to him if you want the job. And I was like, Philly, I don't know. And <laughs> lo and behold, uh, I talked to Coach McNelly on the phone, who was at Eastern University. And we talked for a couple hours and basically he was like, if you want the job, you got it. He, and so I was like, I got to talk to boss lady. So I talked to my wife. My wife was like, yes, we're going. Uh, so um, lo and behold, I, I called him back and he goes, all right. He's like, well, if you could do me a favor, since you're going to take the job, I need you to find me a guard. I was like, what kind of guard? He's like an athletic, quick guard guy who could do a little bit of uh, everything. And I was like, give me 10 minutes. So, so I called one of my guys who was, uh, he had just graduated from, from high school. He was at Grambling, uh, in, in the SWAC, but he didn't get a roster spot. He was just going to school. So I called him up and I said, Hey man, listen, like I got this coach in Philly. He saw your, your, your clips he said, he liked you. You want to go up there and play some ball? And he was like, well, what level is it? I was like, it don't matter the level. I was like, it's, I was like, it's D3 to just let you know, but here are your options. You can go to school and pay or you can go to school and pay and play basketball. <laughs> and so he was like, when you put it that way, he's like, of course, I'll come. He's like, are you going to be there? I was like, yeah, I just took the job today. So he's like, all right, well, if you go, I'm there. So called the coach back like five minutes later, and I was like, I got you a guard. And he was like, you got him? I was like, yeah. I was like, send him the paperwork. He said he's coming up. And so from from that point, my, my first recruit happened in 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I got a recruit in 10 minutes, so. Um, and from there, it was good. <laughs> That's it was great. good. Coached at Eastern with Coach McNally. We uh, turned the program around, went from a team that had won maybe seven or eight games the, the year before, maybe maybe like nine or ten, I want to say, uh, the year before to 20 win teams. Uh, we, won, we won the conference. Uh, we won the league. Um, we had multiple first-team, second-team all-conference players, including a player of the year, Shaquan Turk. Um you know, and uh, fortunately enough, I was able to uh, get looked at by some some coaches at Penn. And uh, they said, uh, hey, listen, uh, you know, we had a great coach that left. And we were wondering if you wanted to, you know, get a spot on our staff. And I said, just letting you guys know that you guys are stuck with me now. <laughs> um, but uh, that's uh, it, it's been great, man. So. Um, Coaching has been really good for me, and honestly, it's always been pretty organic the way things have happened for me. But honestly, it's always just been about working hard and loving the game and 
it's, it's, it's been it's been pretty pretty tried and true for me. Other than basketball, what sports oh, do you follow? Soccer, boxing. Uh, you know, uh, college football is and, and regular football are good because you know it, it's 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 something that I it, it's pretty easy to kind of get into. But something that would be out of the norm, I am a huge. Oh, hold on, football or American uh, football? Uh, yeah, American football. American <laughs> football is cool, but soccer is huge for me. I'm a huge soccer fan, a uh, big time soccer fan. So I I, I definitely stay on top of. Uh, you know, all the leagues, Serie A, La Liga, German Bundesliga, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Who's a Real your favorite fan. team? Uh, I've, all, I've been a Real fan, Real Madrid fan since two, uh, two, year 2000. So that team with Fernando Redondo, Roberto Carlos, Michel Salgado, Iker Casillas, uh, Raul, you know, those guys, uh, you know, Steve McManaman, like, they were coached by Vicente Del Bosque. Like, you know, those, that was my, that was my favorite team. Um, and so I've just been riding true with them. A lot of people are going to be like, Oh, well you're a bandwagoner. It's like, no, it's like, I've, I've been that way since like 99, 2000. Like I, I vividly remember those times. And so, um, so I'm, I'm a big and big soccer buff. And then boxing is by far uh, my favorite thing to watch. Um, it's, it's the most technical sport. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most primitive sport. Like when you think about it, it's like the single, the, 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 the <laughs> most primitive way of competition is like, am I stronger than you? You're not better than me. Well, let's fight about it. Right. Uh- <laughs> All right. So LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, you get to pick one of those three as your teammate, but you have to play against the other two. Oh, I'm I'm playing with LeBron. Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Uh, Why? And we're talking about prime for all of them, correct? So, uh, yeah, prime for all of them. Yeah, peak LeBron, peak Kobe, yeah, I, peak I Jordan. Feel as though, uh, I, I'm gonna be real with you. I, I'll let LeBron guard Jordan, and I'll guard Kobe. And the reason why I say that is because Kobe's <laughs> shooting percentages are way worse <laughs> than all three of them. Than, than, than the other two. So, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna choose the lesser of the two evils, even though he's probably gonna kill me. It still won't it won't be the same way as Mike. Mike will not only kill me, but he'll kill me efficiently too. Um and and you know, Kobe, yeah. you know, he, he he'll shoot it 34 times, but he'll make it 11, 10, 11 times. So um now again, we're talking about if I was a pro average at, yeah we're talking yeah. about peak yeah peak, like, uh trey montgomery yeah you're you talking Everybody's about me as a peak. pro like yeah like but like if, if you're talking about average joe me like that you know, he he would get 100 points like <laughs> you know so um okay along the same lines who's the best player you've ever guarded uh i have a couple um evan turner steph curry I should have put that in another order. Uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry first. Uh, yeah. Uh, Evan Turner from Ohio State. Uh, I, I played against DJ mm-hmm. DJ Augustine uh, in high school, um, and he was still very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase Budinger from Arizona. Uh, you know, like. So who's the best? Who's. Who is the Curry. who is the most difficult Curry, person to guard by ever? Far. Number one, and the reason why is because he moves okay. so well without the ball. Um, that's always been a facet of his game. 
Um, in college, he wasn't the elite ball handler that he is now, um, you know, because, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he shot it so well. Um, and you're dealing with a different level of defender and, and defense and blah, blah, blah. But um, he was equally hard to guard because his shot-making ability was second to none. And uh, he could shoot him from long range. And what people don't understand is that he is actually – a underrated uh, uh, finisher. Um, he finishes fairly well for his lack of uh, sheer size and lack of pure athleticism. Um, you know, he's more of a below the rim finisher, but he still finishes fairly well. And so he's just, he's just, and he's so confident. And so yeah. I remember the first game we played against them, we played at Davidson. Uh, and, and by the way, for, for those who are listening, they were in our conference or we were in their conference or however you want to say it. Um, we were in the same, we were in, we were in the same. <laughs> conference, so I got to play against them two times a year. So the very first time we played against them, it was at Davidson and he had 21 uh, with like 18 minutes left in the second half and didn't play the rest of the game. Cause they were, they were creaming us. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, and that that was humbling because it's like, man, like, you know. Um, Which celebrity do you think you can um, be good friends with? That's a good question. You know who I always wanted to be friends with? Justin Timberlake. I feel like he's a cool dude. Um, I feel like he's real cool. Like curly haired blonde, blonde Afro from NSYNC all the way to now where he's wearing Jordans and flannel shirts. Um, like, and, uh, he just seems like a real cool dude and sing, act, like, you know, he's all, yeah, dance, all this other stuff, but like, yeah, you know, he's partial owner in basketball. Like, I think, I I think I remember watching like a a clip or something like that back when he was in, in sync when I was younger and he would always wear these basketball jerseys and he used to say like, I used to think I could play basketball. He's like, but that's because I loved it. And like, I, he, so, I mean, he's a Tennessee kid who, you know, loved to play ball. And I feel like I could, I could be cool with him, but. Well, Trey, great stuff. Shout out Any to my wife. Before we let you go. Watching my, uh, watching my five-year-old or my six-year-old. He just turned six, my six-year-old right now. Uh, shout out to mom and dad back at home. Shout out to, uh, the Quaker Nation, the Final, um, everybody, Queen B, uh, the young Queen B, the first lady of of, of the Palestra, <laughs> um, and, and, and everybody associated. And uh, no, nah, man, I just appreciate you having me on. Awesome, dude. Trey, I miss you, buddy. It's not the same. Not a. I know, man. Not being next I'm, to you, man. It's. Uh, I know. I have withdrawals of not being in the office, soon, man. Though. It's. It's unbelievable. I haven't stepped foot in that place. It's, it's going to be so surreal the moment we walk in. We're like, oh, my God, this is my chair and my desk. This is my pencil. Oh, yeah. I left these shorts in here. Oh, man, I forgot about those. <laughs> <laughs> I have a date with Lisa. That's a great movie. Excellent movie. So, But I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, man. Yeah, no doubt. Great to hear from you. Great to catch up, man. We'll do. Um, tell the boys we'll I said do. hi. Tell Kayla I said hi. Yeah, man. Tell tell your family I said what up. Soon, right? Man.